Hey, did you know the local farm Missoula Grain and Vegetable grows delicious local produce that serves the Missoula Valley and beyond? Did you also know that purchasing from a local farm such as Missoula Grain and Vegetable is a powerful and effective way to improve your health and the health of the planet? To learn more about their summer and winter CSAs, find them on the web at www.missoulagrainandvegetable.com. Welcome back to Sustainable Wellness's podcast series, where we take a look at prioritizing health and wellness from a lot of different angles. I'm your host, Jesse Thomas. Here with us today is Rhea Black from Momentum Athletic Training, a gym and personal training service located on East Main Street in Missoula, Montana. Rhea is one of Missoula's most decorated female athletes. She has a lot to offer on the subject of health and wellness, and we are so glad you're here with us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk to you today. Yeah, really important to have you here today because movement is a big part of our well-being. It's something that's inherent to us as human beings. And it's something that we forget to utilize. And I would like to highlight you know, you and your business and have people know what a good resource you are to go to uh, if they are confused or lost or just looking for a place to go work out. So... Rhea, I just want you to give us a little more information about your personal and professional background and how you got to this place where you are now. Okay. Well, I'll go way back to the start. I've been a runner since fourth grade and I got started by my fourth grade teacher who is someone I'm still friends with in Missoula, Sally Dare. <laughs> She's the reason I'm doing everything I'm doing today. So I have to first start out by giving her credit because I feel like I got my education from her because she was the person in the fourth grade that created an outlet for me with all the energy that I had in her class. Cool. And as a result, I ended up uh, carrying this into my life and my job. So I feel like I owe a lot to her. Uh, My background is I studied exercise science at Marymount Manhattan College in New York City. I was Mm -hmm. a nanny there for four years. And then I moved back to Missoula thinking I was going to go to PT school. Mm -hmm. And while doing a summer internship, realized that I didn't want to be on the post-injured side of things. Yeah. That I wanted to be in more preventative care. So uh, I decided to go to massage therapy school, right? which I did in Michigan, Health Enrichment Center for Massage Therapy. And honestly, that was where I feel like I got most of my education. Like everything that I'd learned in undergrad came together because Mm -hmm. it was so kinesthetic. And that's where I learned that I was a real hands-on learner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Muscle origins and insertions made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that I had questioned in school started to come together. So I feel like that's where I learned more than anything I could have ever learned in a lecture in a classroom. So from there, I started coaching runners, um, cross-country middle school runners Mm -hmm. in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And kind of got back into my love of running. I had sort of fallen away from uh, running exclusively. I'd done triathlon Mm -hmm. um, back in the early 90s, uh, but then kind of found my way back to running Mm -hmm. Uh, Once I had children and lack of time. Yeah. So we moved back to Missoula in 2001 and working out in Missoula, the old Missoula Athletic Club, which if anyone is from Missoula is familiar with the club. Oh yeah. uh, It was a great resource and a great place to go meet other local Missoulians, but it was closing. And at that time I felt there was a real need in Missoula for a gym that catered to outdoor enthusiasts and endurance athletes. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't anything like that at the time, which is hard to believe. I feel like I, in terms of starting momentum, I was 
lucky enough to have that opportunity at this at that time. I think today it would be much harder. There's a lot more competition. Hmm. I feel lucky that I got my start 14 years ago with Kiefer, Han, uh, and Momentum. So along with the background of education, I can talk to you more about how we started Momentum. Uh, since I've opened Momentum, I've gone on to get my uh, integrative nutrition certification. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of work with the Roadrunners Club of America, done you know level one coaching with them for runners. Uh, and then I've just done various certifications along the way, like TRX and mm-hmm. different things that have interested me throughout being at Momentum. And I'm an avid reader and always researching and listening to podcasts and looking on the internet and talking to people and like yourself and just getting ideas about training and yeah. And I think honestly, most importantly, like you have this long background of trial and error with yourself totally. and you know, you've been an athlete in a lot of different ways. And you know, one of the things that I think that's really important for clients to know if they're trying to figure out whether they want to use momentum as a resource or not, is that you have some pretty awesome basics down and one, and I've heard you say this before, you want to make sure that every client that comes in uh, feels better when they leave. That's awesome. That's huge because I think the thing that's really important and I think the reason I steer people towards physical activity is because of what it does for our mental and emotional well-being. Um, I think that we forget, we have, you know, we've got these sedentary lifestyles where we're in front of a computer a lot of the times or where we're working at jobs where we're not encouraged to move. And I think that does not fit people really all that well, um, maybe even less well than they recognize. And so when they're able to push up against that, when they're able to put their body to work, I think that they recognize how many other places in their life where they could put a little more energy into other things. You, you know, it's like... definitely. It's like, uh, like you had a great post on Instagram about trying and (laughs) yeah, it's, no, it's really good because, um, when we try one place, we end up trying all over the place and it's a transferable life skill, you know? So what you do in the gym and what you accomplish as an athlete will lend itself to the rest of the areas of your life, you know, whether it's taking care of yourself or your kids or your business or, or whatever. So it, it's, it's a great way to put yourself first, to practice putting yourself first because we forget to do that and making room to do something that's going to benefit yourself. And when you can do that and when you recognize like what, like how important that is um, in terms of, well, everything. I think when women, like I'm just going to speak straight from my, my own self. <laughs> When I can remember to put myself first, when I can have clients who can put themselves first, their whole life goes better. And it's not a selfish thing. No. It's just a really vital thing that we forget to do. So I just also want to add, you know, I met Rhea like, like I don't know, how was that, like 20 years ago? Seriously. A long time it's ago. a really long time ago. Yeah. At the YMCA in Missoula. Yep. And you... You had very inspired by you. Was it Peyton or Cameron that you were it with? It was Peyton. Yeah. My so daughter. Just a tiny she was like 
three. Two or three. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely. She was tiny. And you weren't married and you didn't have kids. No. And you were like this young buck. <laughs> yeah. Whipping out pull-ups. Yeah. And, but I was you, like, who is this chick? Right. And you came, and what I was, was so cool is you came up to me and asked me if I wanted to go running. And I was like, sure, duh. And then. And you were then totally we go, legit. Well, and then we go running and then I would just be like, oh my God. This no. Is, no, it was. It was like a legitimate ass kicking. And I have no problem saying that. Um, okay. Right. So. Anyways, you started Momentum with the idea that you wanted to help people achieve fitness that would be something to get them outside. Yes. So the main reason that Kiefer and I started Momentum is we felt there was a need in Missoula for endurance athletes and outdoor enthusiasts uh, who wanted to have a great outdoor experience but know they need to get into a gym if they really want to stay balanced in their body. Yeah. So what we provide at Momentum are classes that are only offered two days a week. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that is we have found that most people that come to Momentum really want to be outside. Yeah. So they come to the gym because they know they need to. Mm -hmm. It's two days a week. It's an hour workout. And we really try to focus on the things that are going to help them to create a strong, durable, balanced outdoor body. Mm-hmm. That's the goal of the gym workouts. Yeah. Preventative care. Yeah. Which is what I wanted to do. Right. Preventative care. And I believe that we, that is our mission at Momentum. And we want it to be a place where people feel welcome and comfortable, um, non-competitive, although people can be competitive. Um, but I think one of the myths about Momentum is that we only work with, you know, special athletes. And that's really not the case. Yeah. Our clientele at Momentum is a working person who has very little time. Uh, want structure, knows that they're going to get an hour of power by mm -hmm. coming to Momentum. Yep. And they can go out on the weekends and be a weekend warrior or compete in a local or regional event and feel their best if yep. they're committed to it yep. twice a week. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that you can go, you know, something that I've been trying to check in with myself is I, I like momentum. I go there twice a week. I'm afraid if I don't go, I'm going to get injured. No. <laughs> and you're very loyal. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. But uh, I really have taken it into my whole week as far as like training and energy and, and all that and really trying to figure out what is it that I need to do here today that's going to help me accomplish what I need to do the rest of the week. And uh, you are all really good at helping people make modifications to exercises, or if they're struggling with an injury, you're really great at recognizing what can we do instead of this if that's not going to work for you. And then, you know, you, you guys do pay a lot of attention to form. I mean, and that's a really we try. You, yeah, we try. I think you do. I think that we're not always perfect, but we try. No, <laughs> no, it's not yeah. about perfection. But, you know, you guys have given me some assistance if I look like I'm, you know, I've been struggling with a little bit with a back injury mm -hmm. and you guys have been great about, you know, asking me how that's going. And so I think that yes. everybody that comes in gets, a, you know, you all have some awareness of each client that's in there and, and what they're there to accomplish mm -hmm. or who they are. And I think that makes a really big difference. Um, some of the bigger gyms in town, that's not what you're going to get. And you're not, it's almost like taking a class two days a week with a other group of like a bunch of people, mm -hmm. but also get a little personal training too. So, right. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think yeah. one of the things that we try to do at momentum is just create body awareness, yeah. like leg strength differences. Uh, you know, a personal trainer really at the end of the day, your job is to provide a great workout. Yeah. Obviously you want to make sure that people aren't going to get injured and they, that they stay safe in the gym. 
But I think also to tie into that, there's a little bit of, while I am not a physical therapist and we definitely refer people out if we need to, I think that it's important to take note with people when alignment's off or they're doing something where you can see that there's a leg strength difference and point that out to them so that they can take the next step in figuring that out for themselves versus just throwing a workout at them and saying, go, 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 this many reps. We focus on form, mm-hmm. slowing yourself down. We don't care how many reps you do. Right. Things are timed by the minute so that people focus on form and not you know, just pounding out a bunch of stuff right. in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the what are some of the common themes that you see clients struggle with? Uh, I have found with personal training clients, the biggest thing that I have to work on with people is consistency. Mm -hmm. I think that the one thing that I can say has kept me going this long is consistency. Exercise, the analogy that I like to use is like brushing my teeth. It's not a matter of If it's going to happen, it's when. Mm -hmm. I brush my teeth every day, usually a couple times a day. I don't exercise a couple times a day. I mean, every now and then I do, but uh, it's just like brushing my teeth for me. It's a part of my life. And while that's not doable for everybody, I think that the more consistent you can be week in and week out, not taking long breaks, the better off you're going to be throughout a lifetime. Um, You talked about this a minute ago, but people just not prioritizing themselves. I think that is, you know, the biggest thing I hear is like, well, I had this come up. Well, I had that come up. And it's like, yeah, but, you know. And you're always going to have that come that's up. That's always, yeah. Always we all going to be we there. All do. We all do. Right. Yeah. You just have to make it a priority. Sometimes you might have to get up a little earlier. Sometimes you might have to say no to something that just isn't on the priority list. Exercise is more of the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the final thing that I think we also talked about before we started the podcast is just clients really taking a look at cleaning up their diets. Yeah. And I'm not into drastic uh, dieting or anything like that, but just more clean eating mm-hmm. and really taking accountability for, you know, what people are, what you're putting in your mouth yep. every day. And we've talked <laughs> about, time. yeah, and we've talked yeah. about this before, you know, people look at diet and exercise as a way of losing weight, but what they don't realize is that diet and exercise are also a way of balancing your hormones. They're also a way Huge. of sleeping better. They're also a way of recovering from injury, yeah. um, or not ha- having an injury in the first yeah. place. And, and diet and lifestyle you know, life, I say lifestyle because it includes exercise as well, but that's how you recover between your workouts. That's all those things that people don't necessarily associate with diet and exercise. They just think that it's about weight loss and it's right. really about sustainability and yes. being able to be consistent because you are taking care of yourself. And I always, I think sometimes like when I write nutrition pro- programs for people, they get the plan and they look at it and they're like, well, that's nice. And then <laughs> it's so true. And then they don't really do anything integrate. with it. Be- they yeah. don't integrate it because yeah. it looks too hard mm-hmm. or it looks too overwhelming. And I say, okay, well, that's fine. Try it. Try this for three weeks. It's not even six weeks. Just try it for three weeks. Yeah. Just elbow the room out for three right. weeks right. and see if you can see what that's like and then stop and then yeah. see what it's like. What happens? Try Try. Like we had talked about, try. 1%. Well, and it's not, like, it's not, like, it's not about, you know, making anybody feel bad because it feels hard. It is hard. 
but yeah. try. I mean, we, you know, I do what I do and you do what you do because you know it's possible. Right. And so if it weren't, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> and it does take effort. I mean, that's It does the take it's, effort. It takes being uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. Right. Yeah. Nothing that you and I have accomplished has been accomplished with, you know, an ease. It's potato chips on the couch. Right. You know, it's, I mean, you got to get up and, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Make that. Make happen for yourself. You get that, and I think that comes across in you as a person, and I think that makes that's part of what makes you a great trainer. So, um, just being a hard ass twenty four seven. No, I'm kidding. No, not at all. I'm a softie at heart. The other thing too is that you know I've come into momentum, and I am like lots of people, really you know busy. I'm a mom. I feel stressed all the time. My mind's pulled in a thousand different directions. And you've offered up some great nuggets of advice as far as like how to fit a workout in. Sometimes it's 20 minutes, you know, you and sometimes that's all you have and do it. That it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the, the perfect workout that you had maybe hoped for, but it's something. And you're, then you can create consistency. It's actually the one thing I tell people is start with three days a week, 20 minutes. Yep. Everyone can carve out three days a week, 20 minutes. Yep. Run, walk a minute for 20 minutes. You know, yep. go to a park and every time you hit a bench, do dips, push-ups, or yep. squats. Yeah. I mean, just do it. That's the thing. You just have to do it. I was, a, uh, I was getting a ride from, um, a workshop this weekend and I needed to get some strength training in. It was just what I had planned right. and there was, n- there was no space in the day. Yeah. So I'm sitting out in front of an elementary school waiting for a ride and I'm literally like, I have my luggage and I'm like literally like doing squats with my luggage, yeah. but I'm like. Well, one, it was kind of nice because I didn't know anybody in that town. Yeah. I was like, I don't, don't really care. care. <laughs> but the yeah. reality is, like, if I saw somebody doing that, I'd be like, that's awesome. Hell yeah. So do, I, think I, it's great. I think it's a little bit, that's part of the discomfort is like getting outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, because not worrying about what other people think. Not just worrying about it. what other people think and just yeah. doing it. I think, yeah. uh, and I think that goes along with another interview I did where we talked a lot about judgment. You know, we we tend to judge each other and ourselves about what we should be doing. Don said this, you know, about shooting all over ourselves. And (laughs) the only person that can really um, decide what's going to move the needle for you is you. Right. And then you really got to do it. Yeah, Karen. I I have a really quick story to add in. My ex-mother-in-law, and this has stayed with me for many, many years. I've been divorced for a long time. But I was in a bathroom in a fancy country club in Michigan nursing Cameron and a mm-hmm. woman came in and just dropped her jaw at me and my mother-in-law looked at her and said hurts you and I just thought to myself you know that is a great way to look at life because if you're wanting to judge a person for what they're doing yet it has no impact on your life doesn't hurt you at all yeah get on with it not a very not yeah a, yeah. Just, yeah and so, so I she just, was saying that you nurse like she was shocked woman, at being you nursing the, a baby in public nursing, or something Oh, Cameron. And she was, I don't know, put off by it or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. My ex-husband's mom said hurts you to this woman. And it's just been a great yeah. quote for me to think about. Cause there's so many times in life when you want to judge a situation or you, you, you want to look at something with an opinion that it really doesn't warrant your opinion or judgment because it's not hurting your life in any way. So why do you care? Yeah. Just let the person do what they're doing and get on with it. Yeah. And I think it's particularly, I think it's particularly potent amongst 
us females, um, I think the first, especially when you have kids, everybody becomes very opinionated about what you should be doing with your time. So hard. So when you're a mother and you're like, hey, sorry, I'm not going to make it to the soccer game. Dad's going to be there because I'm going to be training for I'm be running. I'm going to be doing something that <laughs> I'm going to be being really selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just it's kidding. yeah, I know, but but you you know you feel bad about it, and even though you shouldn't, because you've experienced lots of people telling you what you shouldn't, how you shouldn't be parenting or the way you should be living your life and blah, blah, blah. And I remember very distinctly my first time experiencing that before my daughter was even born. Oh gosh. I was, I was pregnant. I was very active pregnant with her, even though I gained enough weight to like have like seven babies. But regardless, um, I was mountain biking up Marshall mountain, um, before it was like a, a mountain biking mecca, you know, it was just going up the old Marshall grade. Right. So nothing, nothing technical, nothing oh. major. Um, totally within my own, you know, fitness zone. I felt very comfortable. I was having a great time, which every pregnant woman should have a great time because right. then you have happy babies. Yeah. But I saw this couple up there and I was very visibly pregnant. I was probably eight months pregnant and she looked at me like, I had a swastika on my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what she was so pissed off about. And then her, I said, hi, I was like, hi, how's it going? And she just looked at me with utter disgust. And I was like, what was that about? And I was like, oh my God, it's because I'm pregnant. And I was just, it was such a bummer. Uh, But that was the beginning of what I should and shouldn't be doing and and it really impacts us. Yeah, yeah really impacts us. So that's part of like bumping that room out for you to take care of yourself right. in the and middle of the day. About it. Yeah, sit down. I, I was talking with a. I had a meeting with a mom this morning, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, I was just watching like a show on TV." I was like, "What? That's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> you were watching TV in the middle of the day. You're my freaking hero. That's cool. Like, it's, it's, works for you. it's relaxing yeah. to you. I mean, that makes you feel happy and, right. and you know, gives you a little downtime. Cool. Yeah. So, another question I wanted to ask you is, uh, what would you say to folks who are reluctant to use exercise as a tool to improve their health? The first thing I would say is that there is no evidence out there that says that exercise is bad for you. Movement is a part of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the only way to go. I can't imagine being sedentary. Uh, I always want to be able to move and use my body. Mm -hmm. And the only way that's gonna happen is to start moving and using your body in a consistent way. Um, So yeah, that is my answer to that. You just have to do it. There's really, I mean, there's hard science everywhere that proves its benefits. And there's no pill to take. There's no, no it's just, drink to drink. Right. It's and just And you don't have to be crazy it. about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Missoula is a place where a lot of people are really extreme about. That's my next question, yeah. Yes, a lot of people here are extreme about uh, what they want to do with exercise. And it's just one way, but it's not the only way. And in fact, I could debate that too, as being in the extreme of one end of exercise. Moderation is great. Yeah. And a little bit consistently is great too. It's just, you have to do it. You know, our government recommends 60 minutes a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six, seven days a week. Wow. Which most people don't do, which is crazy to think. Yeah. We don't even hit that guideline. The American right. Heart Association or some, you know, governing body like that. And I was hearing that one time and I thought, wow, for a lot of people, they're not even hitting that. And, you know, 
we should. And that's not like 60 minutes of intense exercise no, every day. That's like yeah. 60 minutes of Three like 20 minute walks walking. or walking to work or walking home from work. It's, yeah. it's a total Or chasing your kids around minutes. or something. Right. Like just, it's just not sitting minutes. down at a computer or right. whatever. I don't know what the Fitbit is for 60 minutes, how many steps that is, but it, yeah, it's just move, move your body. Mm-hmm. You don't need to break a sweat, but you need to move your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So along that line, you know, we talked, you talked, you just mentioned a little bit about overdoing it. Um, it's become this big thing in the endurance athlete community about overtraining, right. overtraining syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm putting quotes up here because I listened, you know, I've, I've researched it a little bit. I've listened to some great podcasts on it. And um, I, I don't think it's that big of a mystery. I think that we're just, bega- I think that people really want scientific proof to show what the decline is in somebody who's experiencing overtraining. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people are looking for scientific proof to verify that you can't burn the candle at both ends. Even though, you know, if you look at advertisements, um, like from Nike or North Face or any of the big companies that, you know, they're promoting people running and going, going, going as hard as they can all the time. And, and that's really not a realistic or sustainable way to live. And really understanding adrenal function and adrenal health as a cornerstone piece to also understanding athletic performance and athletic sustainability. So I think, you know, I really advocate for naturopathic physicians in this department because they really understand how the adrenals work and how important they are in maintaining overall health and wellness, but especially for athletes, you know, looking to perform and and maintain um, good health over time. For me, I think, you know, I've definitely experienced uh, adrenal fatigue in my life um, as a as a mother who thought I was supposed to then, you know, when my son was, my second child was born, that I was supposed to like return to wherever I thought I was going to be. The elite level athlete that you are within three months of having a baby. No, I, I honestly think I was like three weeks. I wasn't. I know there's so much pressure. I there's sad for women. There's so much pressure. It's awful. And so, you know, I think just giving, what are some like really specific things that you can have, like tell somebody to pay attention to when they're training about how to manage their energy levels? You know, like if you're tired, should you stay or should you go? You know, it's kind of like <laughs> that. Great way of it's yeah. kind of like that country western song, like yeah, totally. know when to hold them and know yeah. when to fold them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good one. I like that. Uh, I think the biggest reminder, and I have to do this with myself sometimes. You know, with all the social media and everything like that out there, I think we can easily get caught up in what everyone else is doing, and then reflect upon that about what we're not doing, taking the negative approach instead of the positive spin on things. Um, I think the biggest thing you have to do is learn to listen to your body and what it's telling you, not what other people are telling you should, you should do. Uh, it's really comes down to you developing a relationship with your body mm-hmm. and listening to yourself and what your capabilities are. We're all genetically different. Some people can get away with more training and recover more quickly and handle heavier training loads. Uh, I'm one of those people. I'm kind of in the middle. I, ha- I hit a, a line where it doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that over the years. I've definitely, like you, overdone it, tried to push too hard, trying to come back too fast. And uh, it just it doesn't work. Every time I end up paying the price. So yeah. um, the thing that I think is just listening to your body. If you're constantly feeling low energy and you're trying to push through and push through and your energy is continually dropping, you're not, A, getting enough sleep or waking up at night 
you know, frequent wake ups because your body's having like an adrenal response, producing too much adrenaline and cortisol. If you're, uh, if you are sore, constantly tired, chronically sore, injured, always getting injured, mm-hmm. your heart rate won't raise when you're trying to exercise or it's chronically elevated. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that you can assess within yourself. You don't need to look around. They're things that come from you. Um, I think that we just lose sight of those things yeah. and it's okay to back off. Rest and recovery is so important. And our society teaches us like the more you push, the better you're going to get. And that's just not entirely true. not true. Yeah. Like the hard, easy principle, go hard, rest, go easy, go hard. You know, you have to cycle workouts, you know, exactly. you're hitting the gym every day, doing a hit interval workout every day. You're going to hit the wall eventually. You're just diminishing returns over time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, along those lines, as far as like, if people are getting, you know, they're in their training and in this town, you know, we've got a lot of parents who might be listening with cross country runners Yes, and you know, you know, from personal experience, what this is like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, sorry to bring anything up that you don't want to talk about. Do you want to talk about it? Let's talk. All right. Let's talk about all of it. Let's bring it up. Um, bring it on, bring it. You know, you see a lot of dismissal of endocrine dysfunction, amenorrhea, girls that are running late into their teens without a period or a regular period. And there's just, it's really been normalized, right? Yeah, I experienced that myself. I had a coach in high school who didn't think it was a big deal that I didn't have a period at age 17 and then not at 18. And it did lead to... uh, a lot of issues in my 20s with my reproductive system and so yes if you have a daughter or a son who is extremely tired and mm-hmm. not acting you know getting sick constantly not recovering from workouts these are red flags you mm-hmm. have to be willing to step up for your child and say you know this is we got to moderate this this is not okay something you something's know? not going right here yeah if your daughter is amenorrheic meaning without her cycle and she's already started a cycle or she never did and she's 16 17 years old that's mm-hmm. a red flag yeah yeah you know no yeah. one ever told my mom that we didn't have those conversations you know i was a performing runner and so that was the important thing at the time that was the important that was the focus and, right you know at the end at the end game it's not the important thing it's important that you have a healthy body over the long term right um so yeah, yeah i have a lot of i mean this is a this could be a whole nother podcast <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i i really think that you know getting back to what we were just talking about like if you can teach a young person how to listen to their body at an early age you're in a win-win environment for a lifetime yeah yeah, and I also think that, you know, again, and I, I'm not trying to bag on anybody here. I definitely am not trying to bag on the medical community at all because no. they're wonderful assets and they have... I agree. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of the doctors here are athletes themselves. Right. And so they have kind of stepped into understanding how you use nutrition to help um to help yourself if you're in a situation where your body's not recovering, you're overtraining. But as far as our young athletes are concerned, um, you know, you sometimes will take your child to the doctor and you're like, this is kind of what we're experiencing. And, and they just, the only answer they have is to stop running or stop training. Mm-hmm. And I don't always think that that's necessarily what needs to yeah. happen. I think Get that the they're... nutrition squared away. Right. I think there are some really key and important things that people can use nutrition to um, help promote those 
normal hormonal responses. Like, and even with somebody who's experiencing a lot of soreness or they're experiencing a lot of illnesses uh, during a training cycle, I think that there are a lot of things that you can do to support yourself nutritionally that you just might not be aware of. And so if somebody told me that I had to stop running or stop I really don't consider my, I'm more of a jogger, but if they told me I had to stop, if, I, if they told me I had to stop skiing, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. F you, I'm not, not going to stop. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to stop. But if they said, Hey, you don't have to stop. Maybe let's try mm-hmm. including some uh, essential fatty acids in your diet and removing a couple of these inflammatory foods. I'd be like, sure, I'll try that. Yeah. And then, you know, in three months time, you might see results. So right. I think that's really great advice. I just, I want to just advocate for that because I think that that's the big fear is like people are going to hear the words, ah, you can't run anymore until this gets resolved. And I don't necessarily think that's true. Yeah. And I think also you're right. I mean, the training is like a whole package we talked about earlier when you asked me about, you know, what are, what are problems that people run into in the gym, you know, coming in and just anything. It's like exercise and nutrition, they go hand in hand. They're, they balance each other out. You can't have one without the other right. at the end of the day. Right. So yeah, absolutely. It's the same with the teenager. Yeah. Yeah. You're laying the foundation. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to add in regards to your business or you or, or what you want to say to this community or any clients that might be listening out there? Well, I think it's really cool what you're doing because I think that we are all here i look at missoula and all the different businesses that people are doing nutrition coaches and all the different gyms and the yoga studios and all the different resources that we have in this mm-hmm. town it's like an a la carte it's great thing yeah. here and we all need to support each other yeah. and uh, look out for each other and figure out the niches of each person so that we can all you know no one is the master of one you nope. know everything yep but we can all be really good at one thing. And I think to combine our resources, we're gonna be better as a community. Um, instead of getting into our little pockets of what we do and uh, being competitive yeah. and uh, non-supportive of each other is, is not a win-win and it, it doesn't help our community and it doesn't foster great relationships. Um, I love that you and I both are kind of doing very similar things and uh, support each other. I think that's awesome. That's what it should be about. And I think that, uh, our community, like I said, a minute ago, will just be better and better and better. Yeah, that's, that's right. And that's, I appreciate you doing this. Oh, you know, I really just, uh, feel like it's so important for everyone to know about all the resources out there. And this is for me, my business is really, really grounded in education. Like I really want people to know how, to use, like you said, all these resources, this a la carte sort of valley that we're living in where we've got these amazing right. host of acupuncturists, uh, personal trainers, naturopaths, massage therapists, all these wonderful Endless. people. Uh, it's really, really good. I mean, I've lived in places. I've lived in Colorado. I've lived in Idaho. I've lived you know, in different places in Montana and I could never leave Missoula because my health would just deteriorate <laughs> to true. nothing. There's so many top-notch people here. We have an herbal school here. We've got green, you know, we've got a green path herbal school. We've right. got meadowsweet herbs. I mean, yes. we've got pharmacies that 
have not just drugs that they give mm-hmm. you, but they've got staff facilities. They've, they've got, yeah, they've got staff on hand that really know supplements and they order high quality supplements and they can give you information about them. So I think that it's great. And I think there's just so many people out there. I just really uh, want everyone to know that the steering wheel to their well-being is right there in front of them. Yeah, and so it's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people in this town who are doing really cool things at all different levels. Yeah. Uh, from, you know, moderate to extreme, and, and it's all valuable. Yeah. It's all valuable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. The, all the I've con- never done a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have. Um, all the contact information for Rhea will be in the notes on this episode. Check them out. Contact her if you have any questions. She's a really, really great resource, very available, and she's really funny too. So, all right. Thank you. Thanks.